This is Frank Durafoli here on the Entrepreneurial Excellence Radio Show, and welcome to CEO Fridays. We have with us today William R. Patterson. You probably heard of William before. He's had The Baron's Son, which is a fantastic book. You have a very successful company, always growing, always trying to do new things, always being innovative. And as the CEO of that company, how do you find yourself, I guess, spending your day? What do you find the most important things for you to be doing on a daily basis? Well, I've built quite a few companies uh, in my short career. Two of the, the big things that I focus on early on are, are building relationships and building the right relationships that can help the company grow. Sure. The other thing that I always focus on is looking for ways in which I can exponentially grow and scale the business. I don't go into a business thinking, oh, I'm going to work in the business and do all of the work. I want to say, how can I solve bigger problems and how can I solve more problems and how can I create value and scale the business? You've heard me talk before, and I'm sure you've heard many people talk about using OPM, other people's money. Right. Well, we always teach a strategy called OPE, other people's everything, other people's time, <laughs> resources, energy, etc. You want to really look for ways in which you can leverage OPE to scale the business because leverage is the key, again, proper leverage and intelligent leverage and leverage in a way that you can manage the risk, but that leverage is going to be the key to being able to scale the business. William R. Patterson joins us on The Drive Home. It's your trusted source for wealth and business education. Our guest this week, William R. Patterson, award-winning lecturer and national best-selling author. He is a business and finance guru. William Patterson, Chicago and extraordinaire. Gonna go to William Patterson, and we couldn't have you on on a better day. I'm very excited we have with us today William R. Patterson. He has shared the stage with billionaires, presidential candidates, and Fortune 100 CEOs. What I'm seeing is that you're giving us what I would call a short-term and long-term strategy here. There's things here that can make a difference in my business, like now, in the next 30, 60, 90 days. We're talking about money. Economics, finances, but with one of the best minds in the business. William Patterson, he is a renowned wealth coach and national best-selling co-author of The Baron's Son. Breakthrough book has been featured in the Forbes Book Club and Black Enterprise Magazine. His website, baronseries.com, is winner of the Web Awards for Best Speaker, Best Male Author, and Best Wealth Building Site. He is ranked as the number one business motivational speaker. William R. Patterson is CEO of the Barron Solution Group. He is also the chairman and CEO of the Warcoffer Capital Group, LLC. He leads WCG's corporate strategy and development consulting efforts, including portfolio management, mergers, acquisitions, and divestitures. William, I just want to thank you so much for being with us here today. Frank, it's an absolute pleasure to be back on the show. Thank you for the opportunity. Great to have you with us. Well, look, William, I think the focus we wanted to do today is I really wanted to pull from your knowledge and your experience in terms of kind of the keys to success for entrepreneurs that are out there. Now, we have people listening who I think are future entrepreneurs, people who want to start their own business in the next one, three, five years. And you have those that have been in business for anywhere from three years to 30 years, but are really trying to bring their business to the next level. So I want to get focused on that. But if you don't mind, what I'd like to do first is, even though you've been on the show before, there's new people listening, can you give us a little about kind of your background and kind of how you got started and, and what got you to where you are today? In the mid-90s, I started the Warcar for Capital Group, as you mentioned. We do staged investments in private businesses and also some high-end commercial real estate ventures. Before that, I worked briefly on Wall Street and for a number of consulting firms before starting WCG. And in, I'd say, the late 90s, early 2000s, I started working on a book called The Baron's Son with my two co-authors, Vicki Therese Davis and Demarcus Patton. From there, we launched the Barron Solution Group, which was a small business coaching and consulting firm. 
And we wanted to help entrepreneurs get to that next level that we typically deal with through Work Offer Capital, where we do these staged investments. And a lot of entrepreneurs were struggling because they didn't understand how to build the business and how to sure. scale the business properly from the beginning. I agree 100%. <laughs> See that every day with, with the entrepreneurs that are out there. They're wondering how to truly make things happen. So you guys got into that, started doing the coaching end of things. So now you work with businesses on both ends, I guess? Yes. Usually through WCG, we typically deal with companies who have revenues in excess of $10 million. And with the Barron Solution Group, we deal with companies who are in the startup phase on to those companies in the $10 million plus range. Okay. So, William, if we want to kind of transition that over now, you've got these people out there who are, like you're saying, not really sure either how to get to the level of success that they want. They're working hard every day. Maybe they're just, you know, kind of stressing themselves out and doing things. What do you see as some key factors in terms of uh, them really kind of getting to where they want to go as a business owner? One of the key things is, of course, always to begin with the end in mind. And it's important to understand what your exit strategy is from the beginning, whether that's taking the company public, whether that's creating a franchise, whether that's selling the business. It's important to have a very clear picture of your exit strategy. And when we're focused on helping a company to boost revenue by anywhere from 20 to 100% in a year, we typically look at a couple of areas, helping them to attract new customers, helping them to expand their product lines, and also helping them to increase conversion. And the way we do that is by focusing on four areas. The first area is making sure that they do have the ideal customer segment, people who are excited about the opportunity that they have to offer, and also who have a genuine need and a desire for that particular product or service. The next thing we look at is helping them to expand the product line so that they are offering the highest margin and also highest value products and services to those customers. The third thing we look at is the system side of the business. And this is really where many of those entrepreneurs struggle because they don't understand how to develop scalable business systems that can be duplicated and can be automated and or sold. And then the last thing we look at is the messaging side of their business and the branding and how well they communicate the company's backstory, the executive's backstory, and how well they're able to brand in a commodity marketplace many times so that they can differentiate their company and their products and services from the many other competitors who are struggling to sell the exact same way. So let me ask you a question. I think we have, you know, what you talked about here just makes so much sense, the, the four uh, areas you're talking about. And I guess I look at it that, do you find that one of these areas tends to be kind of, for most entrepreneurs, their weakness? Is there one that's that's more so than the other, or does it depend either on personality, or does it depend maybe on size of business or age of business, or is, is can you... Are there things out there you're going, boy, I mean, every entrepreneur that we work with, mostly or small business owner that we see, this tends to be their, their Achilles heel. Do you see anything like that? Yes. For the newer entrepreneurs, definitely identifying their ideal target market because so many times they want to come out and they want to say, my customer is everyone. But it's really zeroing in on that niche market and understanding the problem that you're solving. We always tell people, you're not selling products and services, you are solving problems. So what is the problem that you're solving? So usually for the newer entrepreneur, finding that ideal customer segment and also expanding their product line are those two big challenges. For the more seasoned entrepreneurs and business owners, it's developing those business systems and also the branding element. Those, the branding and messaging, those are the two for the more developed businesses. You know what, what's interesting, William, what I found over the years is the business owners, especially the smaller ones as you're talking about, when you start talking about really being targeted, taking their products or services and really targeting who they want to go after, who's really going to buy it, you start talking about those niches that are important for them, 
they seem to get scared by that. I, I seem to get, and I'm wondering if you've gotten the same reaction and, and what your feedback is on this. What I've seen is that you have these entrepreneurs out there, and when you start talking about, well, this is who you're going after, so focus on this market because that's you know 60 or 70 percent of who's buying, and that's who you need to kind of go after first. Or these are the people with the money that are going to be able to afford what you want to do. And when I find a lot of times they're always worried about, yeah, but then I'm not going to be getting that person, not going to be getting that person. If we focus too much here, I'm going to lose that other business. And they seem to get too scared to get focused on one thing because they think they're going to lose everything else. And I think the reality is, and please tell me if I'm wrong, is when you start when you start to have a shotgun approach versus let's call it a laser rifle approach, you're going to get a lot less, even though you're trying to get more. Yes, you're absolutely right, Frank. We use the the battlefield analogy. If you're outnumbered and you're fighting in in an open field, you're going to get slaughtered. So it's best to go into a valley or a narrow corridor where you can use your skill as as a warrior uh, to your advantage. And that's really where that small business owner who does have the capability to target a niche, whereas some of the larger companies, it's not worth their time. They can afford to go after some of the larger markets. But even when you have companies like Walmart, they don't target everyone. They also have very specific target markets that they go after. And I also say this, it's a lot cheaper and it's a lot easier to reach your target audience if you pick someone. But if you go out and say, (laughs) I'm going to market to everyone, you know, how do you find everyone? But if you go and you say, I'm going to target this particular group, whether it's a a demographic of women in a particular age, it's a lot easier and who have a a specific interest uh, group, then it's a lot easier to find them and a lot cheaper. So that's a big advantage right there. You know, it's funny you say that because I've I've heard that a lot and talked about that a lot in terms of even if you go to the large companies, the Nikes, the PepsiCo's, those type of companies when they're um, doing their their brand marketing out there and they're trying to pull in a customers. Now it seems to to we as the general public if they're just marketing to everybody and the reality is they have specific target markets that they're going after for their for their the type of commercials that they're doing um, you know what's going to be more attractive in terms of music the person that you have on the commercial all those different types of things and the reality is you know I think what what drives it home for all of us as small business owners is, look, I don't have the budget of a PepsiCo or IBM or Macintosh or anybody like that. So it's almost it's just the smartest thing to do is let's get more focus on who you have to go after, spend the money on the people that are more likely to buy from you so you can get the greatest result. Is that what we're looking at? Definitely. And, again, keep in mind that 1% of some of these markets is huge. You can have very a very successful company by targeting some of those smaller demographics. You know, I think that's so powerful. William, I guess what I want to do is we've, had, we've got four things here you talked about. You talked about this ideal customer, expanding the product line, the systems part of the business, and then messaging, getting their message out there, branding themselves so people are more aware of them and what they're doing. And when we get back, what I want them to really get from you today is to understand how they have to have a laser focus for their success. And if it's on these things that we're talking about here or anything else that you want to talk about, I think it's so important for them to get that message and understand where they need to be focusing their efforts and the efforts of their people. Does that make sense? Terrific. Can't wait. Fantastic. And we'll be back after this. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Frank Giraffoli here on the Entrepreneurial Excellence Radio Show. We have with us today William R. Patterson, CEO of the Barron Solution Group. And we're talking today about really the keys to success as a business owner, as someone who wants to go from what I call business owner to president to CEO of their company, as you want to have a more and more successful company, what are the things you need to focus on? And William, you gave us four main areas. I had as number one, focus on the ideal customer that you're looking for, the people that have the greatest need and desire for your product or service. 
Number two was expanding product line. Very important to make sure that we're expanding our product line as we go forward. Number three, the systems part of the business, making sure we're working on that, getting it down. And number four was what you call the messaging, which was kind of the branding, getting people out and what we're doing. So what do you think is the best thing for us to talk about next? Well, I want to try to encompass all of these very quickly. I would say the first thing, when you're looking at your ideal customer segment, it's important to come back to this concept of what problem am I solving. A lot of people say, well, are we doing too much? But you want to look at this, what is it that I need to offer my customer in terms of solving their problem? It doesn't matter if you're even in the entertainment business, you're ultimately solving a problem, even if that is fulfilling an emotional need that people have. So when you look at the ideal customer segment and you're going into some of these various uh, categories for reaching your customer, whether that's direct mail, I encourage people to look at methods that move away from what I call the hunter-gatherer method, where you go out and say, would you like to buy my product or service, and the person says no. And you approach someone else, they say no. You approach someone else, and you finally get a yes. To more of what I would call a trapper method, where you set traps based on some passive marketing strategies more of what I would call direct mail, where people call you, you're able to capture that lead and follow up with them over time. So it's by using that type of systems approach that allows you to leverage your time instead of going out and trying to get these customers one by one with cold calling. Okay, that that makes sense because now instead of me wasting a lot of time out there, I'm really focusing my efforts and saying, who do I need to go after? And then I'm saying, okay, let's click on that, let's click on that, and click on that. So it's, it's much more targeted in, in what you're talking about versus that broad stroke approach, yes? Much more targeted and also uh, a lot more automated because you can do that direct mail piece. You have people calling you. At that point, you can do follow-up. Also, you can do more of an education-based marketing campaign around how your product or your service solves a problem for people, and then you're able to build greater trust and credibility. This also enhances your brand recognition in the marketplace. You know, William, when you say this, what came to my mind was you said now that you're trying to make it passive or people are going to call you, so you're going to do something that gets people, whatever it is that you're doing, if it's a direct mail piece or anything else that's going to get people to actually react call you, come to you, your website, and uh, place that order, at least get information. It sounds like what we really need to know in terms of our target market is we need to be able to get inside the heads of our customer. Yes, we need to be able to get out there and say, okay, if this is the target market we're going after, and if we know their age and sex and their basically their income and their interests, is do we start to understand their mentality and their reaction to and their needs. And so now we can start to market ourselves and, and design our marketing pieces so it touches them more emotionally and gets them to react. Is that what we're talking about? Absolutely. A lot of people ignore the surveying part of the business because they say, I don't have time to actually do the market research. <laughs> but believe it's a lot cheaper to do the market research than it is to spend anywhere from thousands to millions of dollars developing the wrong product. And some of the big brands out there can tell you that. You know, it's funny when you say that is because I've heard so many entrepreneurs over the years that have just said, well, I keep trying marketing-wise, and that doesn't work, and that doesn't work, and that doesn't work. And one of my reactions is, well, it doesn't mean that doesn't work. It means the way you did it, it didn't work. You know, so a lot of times you got to get focused on, you know, do you really know how to use this medium that you're going to be using in terms of your marketing? Do you know how to, to effectively go out and touch your customers so they react in the way that you're looking for. It's a matter of bringing those together, but I think it's, you know, when you're talking about finding the ideal customer, knowing their need and desire, you know, I think that's so important because, again, we know that people buy emotionally. They justify the buy intellectually, but they buy emotionally. What you're saying is we need to touch that emotion so we can get them to actually come in to what we're looking for, and that's, and that's through the messages and things that we're doing. So is that where the system part of it comes in, that we have to now develop the system so we're wasting less time? 
time and we're, we're putting our efforts exactly where we need to? Absolutely. It's moving to more of those, those trapper tools, as I would call them, that tend to be more lead generation based, whether that's uh, using viral marketing campaigns, using social media, using direct mail, using email, things that allow you to do more education-based marketing so that people understand the value that you bring to them. And as as a business owner, okay, and it depends, I mean, maybe I have no employees, maybe I have 50 or 100 employees, okay, but as the business owner, is it not my role? I mean, obviously, depending on the size of the company, your role is going to change a little bit, but I have to oversee all this. I mean, I'm the one who really has to have the vision of, if this is what I'm hearing you saying, the vision of where I am now to where I want to be down the road, you know, who's that person we want to attract, and then I have to start kind of moving the chess pieces to have the people in my organization make sure they're going in that right direction and we're all attracting, we're all using the same language, building the culture that we need so we're attracting the right people to us? Absolutely. But the, the great thing is you don't have to do this alone. There are yeah. a lot of great coaches and consultants who can give you the advice, who can share those industry best practices on how to reach your target market. The reason entrepreneurs struggle is because they're trying to do it alone without the sufficient knowledge and best practices available. Boy, I couldn't ask for a better transition than that. <laughs> what I want to do, William, when we return from our tips right now, is I really want to talk about that part of it, at least to start out with, is the entrepreneur not being alone and the support that's out there for them, especially as the business owner, the CEO of the company, to understand you don't have to carry all this weight on your own shoulders. So I appreciate it. Hello, everybody. Frank Giraffoli here on the Entrepreneurial Excellence Radio Show. And you're joining us again on a CEO Friday. We have with us today William R. Patterson, the CEO of the Barron Solution Group. And if you haven't been with us up to now, you've missed a lot of good stuff. We've been talking about the four main areas that you need to focus on to be successful in your business as a CEO and entrepreneur, how to really make those things work. And then when we left off, we were talking about as an entrepreneur, you don't have to think that you're out there by yourself. And I think as a business owner, a CEO, a lot of times we're out there and we're thinking that you know all the pressure is on us and we're feeling that. But the reality is there's different opportunities opportunities to work with other entrepreneurs, work with coaches, people along those lines to really help us get to another level. And before we get into that, though, William, I first want to really stop and just thank you for taking the time to be on the air with us today, share your knowledge with our listeners, because I think this is so valuable to them. Frank, my pleasure. Anytime. I appreciate it. Um, So let's kind of talk about that. We've talked about you have these business owners that are out there. We're all out there as entrepreneurs. We feel like we're out there and we're by ourselves. We have to make all these decisions and do that. you know. But there are different resources or tools out there for us to help make us better and not feel alone, yes? Yes, everything from consultants to coaches to boards of advisors to joint venture partners, all of these can help you fill some necessary gaps in your business planning and to help you really assess the marketplace. There's different types of help available. You have industry-focused help where if you're, let's say, a nonprofit or if you're focused on a specific type of work such as consulting to agriculture, you can get some industry-focused help. You can also get competency-focused help if this is sales training, marketing training, things that are happening with the Internet. Of course, you, you have companies that don't get the kind of help that they need and don't go with these major trends such as what you saw happen with the music industry when the iPod came out and it more or less destroyed all the record stores. Well, you have a lot of things like that that are also happening now with the publishing industry and many of the borders and the Barnes & Noble are fighting tooth and nail to stay with this outdated model. 
but it's important to get the kind of help that you need so that you can be at the leading edge of this type of transition. But you also have individual and team-focused help available and geography-focused help. So if you're looking to expand internationally, there are opportunities there. If you're looking to take your business more virtual, there are also opportunities there. You know, what I love about what you're saying is I feel as entrepreneurs that, you know, we have to identify with the fact that we're not going to know everything. We're not going to have all the answers. There's no way that we can think of all the things we have to do in our business. When we look at marketing, sales, service, management, leadership, teamwork development, technology, communication, et cetera, et cetera, there's no way we can all be an expert in all these different areas, and we can't be up to date on everything. You know, when you talked about something like the music industry and things like that that we're not adapting, I mean, this comes down to a lot of times just either bad decision-making or just not knowing how to make the right decisions in terms of where you're going next. You're not even informed about it. You know, William, it's funny. Sometimes I've, I've brought this up where I say to people, you know, if you remember years ago, Kmart and Caldors were everywhere, right? And now we look, Kmart, Caldors, and Ames, let's say, were everywhere. And now K, I, I say to people, what happened to Kmart and Caldors and Ames? And people say, oh, Walmart, Walmart. And I say, well, no, Walmart has nothing to do with it. Because Kmart and Calder's names, all they had the same opportunity Walmart had in terms of thinking different and doing something different, but they didn't. They, as you just kind of pointed out, they didn't think progressively enough or change. They stayed with the status quo, and that didn't allow them to go somewhere different. So it was a mistake on their part not to get focused or stay to stay the same. Instead of saying, "How do we change? How do we get better?" and all Walmart did was come up with a new model that ended up hurting, quote unquote, all of them. Is that a fair statement or no? It, it is a fair statement, and I can also hear many of the small entrepreneurs and the new business owners out there saying, well, all of that sounds great, but how do you afford it? Yep. And I would like to speak to that briefly. First of all, one way to afford many of these different services and many of the different consultants and advisors that you may need is, one, to expand your product and your service line. It's very difficult on a limited product or service line where you may have a very low price point, very low margins, and you're not doing the volume necessary to afford all of these. So going back to one of the points that I made earlier about expanding your product and service line can be a way to afford a lot of these different options. Also, there are many different financing options available. A lot of entrepreneurs think there's only I can go to a bank and get a loan or I can sell stock in the business. But there's everything from developing trade lines of credit to business credit that doesn't require a guarantee to corporate sponsorship, joint venture opportunities. There is also selling uh, stock in the business or trading stock. Now, granted, there are some SEC regulations around some of this, so you do sure. want to get some help to do it. But there are a lot of different options for financing the company, both with debt, equity, and also bartering. You know, and the reality is I think what's really important you're pointing out is there's, you know, here in America we can do things, we can be pretty creative, but if you don't have the right expertise, um, that's where you need people to kind of come and sit with you and say, hey, look, I'm trying to do something here, and they can help advise you and bring you the right way so you're not doing anything illegal or, for that matter, stupid in your business that you're going to make the mistake and all of a sudden be out of business, yes? Definitely. And I just want to point out to people that this is not a, a cost issue. It is making sure that you have the right help, but the right help can show you how to afford the things that you need. So don't let the cost be a barrier for you to making the right decision. So well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn this around for a second. I want to turn this on to you, and I'm going to ask, um, you have a very successful company, always growing, always trying to do new things, always being innovative, and as the, the CEO of that company, how do you find yourself, I mean, 
I guess, spending your day? What do you find the most important things for you to, for you to be doing on a daily basis? What do you see your focus is to really kind of bring your business to a different level? And the reason I ask this question is I think, you know, we can sit here and talk around things, but I think a lot of times when the people who are listening hear from someone who's a CEO of their own company saying, hey, look, this is how I find my best priorities are spent doing this and this, and I delegate out these other things. This is where I find it is the best place for me to spend my time. And it's interesting because different CEOs will have different, somehow more focused on the, the money side of things and more on the some on the marketing and some on just the organizational structure so can I ask you that where do you find um, has made you successful and your company successful that you need to focus as a CEO what do you think your strengths are and what do you try to do best well I've built quite a few companies uh, in my short career and a lot of the things that I focus on are well I'll say two of the, the big things that I focus on Early on are, are building relationships and building the right relationships that can help the company grow. Sure. The other thing that I always focus on is looking for ways in which I can exponentially grow and scale the business. I don't go into a business thinking, oh, I'm going to work in the business and do all of the work. I want to say, how can I solve bigger problems and how can I solve more problems and how can I create value and scale the business? You've heard me talk before, and I'm sure you've heard many people talk about using OPM, other people's money. Right. Well, we always teach a strategy called OPE, other people's everything, other people's time, <laughs> resources, energy, etc. You want to really look for ways in which you can leverage OPE to scale the business because leverage is the key, again, proper leverage and intelligent leverage and, and leverage in a way that you can manage the risk, but that leverage is going to be the key to being able to scale the business. Well, that is so congruent with, with what we've talked about on the show, I mean, since the beginning, is really what I'm, I'm going to kind of put it in my words, what you're talking about is building that network of people you have around you, and the, and the deeper the relationships you have with the people in that network, the more they're going to be willing to open up that network, introduce you to people or to opportunities or things that are out there, and that could be people for money or people for just relationships, people for possible business opportunities, strategies down the road, that the more you develop those relationships, the more you, you invest into those that network of people around you, you now have a value asset Right in that that human resource value asset, those people that are in your network itself, um, that's social capital. And the more that you invest in that social capital, the, it can be exponential. You can get out of that versus just being linear in terms of trying to do things on your own all the time. Is that what you're, what you're talking about? Absolutely. And typically in building a business, we teach four keys to success. The first is developing the proven business model, which is a step beyond the business plan. It's where you actually implement the plan on a small scale so that you can prove to yourself and investors that it works. The next thing that we do is we go out and we build that competent management team. We're looking for people that have anywhere from 10 to 20 years' experience operating that business and operating that type of business. And what we can do, if we don't have the money to pay them outright, we go and get letters of intent to say that they're willing to come on board once we get the financing. We then take that proven business model and the successful track record that we've had, those management bios and letters of intent to our investors, and we get them to put up the, the money to finance the company because, obviously, there's a lot less risk than a person just showing up with a business plan when you do have this imp implemented model that works and you have a competent management team. We then use the management team and we use the investors to help us form those necessary strategic partnerships. And that is a recipe that we found, a duplicable recipe for success. Wow, I love that. I mean, that's something I think we can all look at in terms of, 
if we're going to outside investors or not, just on our own, is making sure we have the model in place, the right management team, the investment that we need, and therefore the strategy to really implement it and make it happen. I think that's fantastic. So what I want to do is I want to continue this conversation with William R. Patterson, CEO of the Barron Solution Group, here on the Entrepreneurial Excellence Radio Show after this. And welcome back, everybody. This is Frank Duraffoli here on the Entrepreneurial Excellence Radio Show. You're with us again on a CEO Friday, and we have with us today William R. Patterson, who is the CEO of the Barron Solution Group. And with William today, so far we've talked about a lot of great stuff. He first was sharing his knowledge about your coaching with the company, the four main areas that a company needs to focus on to become more successful. We then talked about that, you know, to understand as an entrepreneur, you don't have to feel that you're out there on your own, that you've got all different types of support systems out there for you. Uh, if it's by hiring people like coaches or consultants and pu- or putting together board of advisors, things along those lines, or different volunteer organizations, there's all different things out there to help you. And I think the, the real, you know, like a, a moral out of all of that would just be, or the lesson to be learned is, don't try and do this on your own. The reality is you don't have enough knowledge, no, no matter who you is. Okay, all of us, none of us have enough knowledge, enough experience to do it all on our own. We need that team of people around us to really make us more successful. And then I, what I loved when we just left uh, a moment ago is we talked a little bit about the key to success of growing a company. And, and William was saying that the model they've created is creating a model, a team, the money, and the strategy to implement and kind of go forward. So, William, with, with everything we've given people today, I mean, the entrepreneurs out there are probably a little overwhelmed with what we're what we're talking about here, saying this all makes a lot of sense, but I'm really not sure how to take this and go forward with it. You know, I guess out of today, if I were to ask you, you know, if there if there is one thing or something these people need to focus on in terms of uh, their listening, saying if anything you're going to take away from today, take away this, and this would be a great next step for you. What would you recommend? It would definitely be OPE, other people's everything. Okay. So focus on leveraging that team of coaches, mentors, and advisors that will show you how to step outside of the business. You want to focus on exponentially scaling the business. That's where, if you're looking to build wealth through a business, put it that way. If you're looking to build wealth through a business, there's only so much that you can do as one person. And that's why it's very difficult to build wealth as an employee because you have no leverage. But when you come back to this concept of OPE, if you are struggling to get to a large enough customer segment, you can leverage partnerships to do that. So, again, that's an example of OPE. If you can't get to that CEO, you can leverage your network to find out who has a relationship with that CEO. Again, leveraging OPE. If you don't have the capital, you can do everything from pulling in investors to business credit, OPE. So think about ways in which you can leverage other people's resources and other people's time, most importantly, to build the business. And I want to make sure everybody understands this. And, William, please you know, jump in here if, if I'm going the wrong direction. But I think when we talk about OPE, other people's everything, um, I want everybody to understand this is not about taking advantage of other people. This is not about doing just right for you. This is about putting together strategic relationships that benefit everybody involved. That means you, the person who you're able to leverage their contacts or time or money, whatever else it is, and the third party who's going to benefit from that as well, if, if there is a third party in some of the situations. That to understand that this is about um, leveraging relationships so people can help each other out. This is not about taking advantage of somebody just saying, well, I'm going to go and use them for that and use them for that. I think as business owners, sometimes we get to that point where we feel like, because I know a lot of business owners feel, well, I, I don't want to feel like I'm taking advantage of somebody else. This is about giving them an opportunity to work with you, invest with you, or go somewhere with your company that they, they wouldn't have if you didn't exist. Is that a fair statement, William? 
Absolutely. We say any situation of lack can be solved through a partnership. You just have to figure out the value and the benefit that you bring to that relationship. So, of course, that does mean compensating your employees. That does mean compensating your partners, whether that's front-end or back-end compensation. But you do want to create value for people. And I guess I should make one other point about OPE. Now, when I talk about OPE, you may also use that within your business, but you don't want to outsource things that are your core competency when it comes to the business. Okay. So you can use OPE within your business, and you can also use OPE outside of your business, but you don't want to outsource those things that are your core competency because that can be a recipe for a disaster. Fantastic. So, Liam, before we've got a minute or so left, what I want to do is I'm sure people who are listening today who just think love what we talked about, want a lot more, um, and I'd like, I'd like you to kind of tell us a little bit, how can we find out more about you, the book, your company, if we're interested, people are interested in talking to you about anything, please tell us a little bit, a little bit how do I get in contact with uh, the Barron Solution Group and William R. Patterson? Sure. You can visit us online at barronseries.com, and I'll spell that for people. That's B-A-R-O-N-S-E-R-I-E-S.com. You can also call toll-free 888-90-BARON. That's 888-90-B-A-R-O-N. And we're also giving away $497 for building your million-dollar business. These are audios that will help you grow the business and uh, will cover a lot of the different topics that we talk about in much more detail. Fantastic. And, William, again, I want to thank you so much for I know how busy you are and taking the time to come on uh, the show with us today and really to share your knowledge with everybody because I think that's what makes – this show very powerful is it's all about people who have kind of been there, done that, sharing their knowledge. We all learn from each other. And I just want to thank you so much for taking that time today. My pleasure, Frank. Happy to be with you. This is William R. Patterson, wealth coach and national bestselling co-author of The Baron Sun. I hope you found the lessons and insights from this interview enlightening and profitable. I now invite you to complete the information request form in the workshops and coaching section of BaronSeries.com to learn how you can use Baron Wealth Coaching to rapidly achieve your business and financial goals. At BaronSeries.com, we've developed one of the most effective, integrated approaches to building wealth in the world. With expert guidance and over 200 accelerators, Barron Wealth Coaching can help you quadruple the speed at which you reach your business and financial goals over planning yourself and other methods and programs. For more information on Barron Wealth Coaching, visit BaronSeries.com forward slash coaching.htm or call 888-90-BARON. That's toll-free, 888-90-B-A-R-O-N.